him like that. But then you go to get rid of you. She would say, you know, bring the cow. We're constantly hitting um, the face for each other. Soon no one's going to remember the name of Wix, so better do it now. Okay, we saw this film on the weekend in Australia, but it was actually really brilliant. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Cinema Australia podcast. My name is Matthew Eels. If you're new to the Cinema Australia podcast, you can hear previous episodes at cinemaaustralia.com.au or subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. Uh, In this episode, I'm speaking with Abe Forsyth about his new film, Down Under. I'm sure most listeners will remember Abe from his time on TV series Always Greener. Uh, I first became aware of Abe in 2003 when I discovered one of his first feature films, Ned, uh, which he directed when he was only 19. Uh, Abe instantly became one of my favourite filmmakers, but unfortunately, as far as features go, Ned was his last until Down Under uh, 13 years later. Uh, You wouldn't know it, though. Uh, Down Under is one of the best films of the 2000s, and uh, it's directed with such precision and with such expertise that you'd think Abe had been directing features forever. Uh, He's an incredible talent and uh, has an exceptional filmmaking knowledge, as you'll hear in the interview. Uh, Down Under hits cinemas on August 11, but if you're in Perth, uh, Cinema Australia, Revelation Perth International Film Festival and FTI are hosting a special uh, screening of the film. Uh, You can head over to cinemaaustralia.com.au for more details uh, and for your chance to win tickets. Uh, We're also running giveaway. Anyway, enjoy. Uh, So, uh, Abe, thanks for joining the uh, Cinema Australia podcast. No worries. Uh, so, um, congratulations on the film. Um, can you tell us a little bit about um, about what it's about for our listeners who aren't uh, who, are, who are unfamiliar with the film? Um, so, Down Under it takes place in the 24 hours after the Cronulla riots, which happened over 10 years ago, um, and it's about two cars, one from, uh, well, I guess they're both from uh, opposing sides of the fight who are going out on, one's going out on a retaliation mission and the other's going out to patrol the streets um, to stop more uh, Middle Eastern people from coming into the Shire. And it's sort of about what happens to, to both of those carloads of men on, uh, on the night after the riots, and it's, uh, it's a comedy. It's a comedy. <laughs> well, that's interesting that you've uh, called it a comedy because uh, there's this incredible balance in Down Under between drama, which isn't scared to get brutally violent, and uh, comedy, which uh, seems to have no barriers whatsoever. Uh, how difficult was it not to cross too far over uh, into one or the other? Um, look, it, 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 I'm not going to lie, it wasn't easy, um, but it, it, it certainly... It was a lot clearer in script stage than I think, you know, when you actually sort of uh, get cast and crew together and start sort of uh, telling telling the story, actually sort of uh, visualising the story. It, it, that, that's when it became, became tricky. I mean, every single cast member was sort of bang on in, in where they pitched their performances and, and all of my crew in all of their different departments, um, uh, you know, really, really nailed what they had to do as well. But... 
it was one of those things that once we got into the edit um, and started really kind of looking at the material that we that we'd gotten, it's sort of like I think we all realised how dark we actually had gone, and and you know we went dark deliberately mainly because. I don't think you should. You can make a film about the subject matter and and not uh, sort of go to the areas that, that some of the um, some of the subject matter in this film kind of goes to. You'd be doing a disservice to to the issues that this movie is about if you didn't. Um, so then it then it becomes about okay. Well, if we're in if we're in those areas for a good part of the film, how do you how do you lighten the other areas? But not to the point where. Um, you know, the balance is kind of completely sort of tipped off in the wrong direction. So you're just kind of taking the audience by the hand and kind of walking them through each moment and saying, it's okay to laugh at this, but then you've also got to be saying at other points, you really shouldn't be laughing at this. Yes, yes. And, and did, the, did your cast uh, uh, take that as a challenge? Were they, were they excited by that challenge? Yeah, they, they were. And, you know, the, I think the each cast member, it, it, there's, a, there's a lot of fun to be had kind of playing these roles, even if they're most despicable. Um, some of these characters have a lot of kind of traits that, that you know, kind of make them uh, more complicated than just being all one emotion or all angry or, you know, they're, um, and, you know, you get to be, be involved in some big kind of comic set pieces, but also you get to be involved in some very dramatic kind of um, humane kind of moments as well. Um, so, no, they all completely embraced it, and certainly I can't imagine, you know, this film without every single person that we en- ended up with, and it just would have taken one of them to not quite pitch their performance right, and, and the whole balance could have been thrown, thrown out around them. So what kind of challenges challenges did you face uh, as a director trying to get that out of uh, out of your cast, those type of performances? Um, just to be honest, just in the casting, it, it just came down to making sure that the right people were, were in each role. And once we found each of them, my job kind of became uh, a lot easier. And all it was was about setting up a safe space for everyone to feel like they could actually, you know, go to the areas that they needed to go in and feel comfortable that I was not going to, you know, make a fool out of them in the, in the, at the end result. Mm-hmm. But that also applied to the crew as well too. You know, um, all of my key crew members all had the same challenges to kind of work in and we very deliberately wanted to make a film you know and I say that um, because obviously we made a film but I think there's a big difference between a a lot of uh, people when they set out to make a movie they just kind of film something which kind of looks like it could be you know belong on television or you know or just kind of slap something together we deliberately wanted to make this an experience for an audience to have in a cinema you know we filmed it in a way um, where we use a lot of long takes and um, you know we use sort of music and sound uh, in a very deliberate way um, and I think all of that kind of adds along with the performances into to a um, you know it, it has moments of hilarity but, but also there's an overall feeling of kind of uh, dread that kind of permeates through uh, this story um, and the only way that we can do that was by kind of uh, really kind of pushing certain elements uh, as far as we could. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you about one of uh, your cast members in particular, uh, Christopher Bunton. Um, for, yeah. for some of our listeners who don't know, uh, Christopher is one of the best, better actors in the film. His performance is incredible. Uh, he's also a two-time uh, Special Olympics gold medalist uh, and he also has uh, Down syndrome. How did his casting come about? 
Look, we um, we saw uh, quite a few people for that role, um, and you know we decided uh, we decided sort of one of the last drafts of the script. We decided that that character should actually have uh, Down syndrome. Yep. Thought it was um, a, a, just a, a way of kind of without giving anything away. Um, he that character encapsulates uh, the, the message of the movie, and so I perfect example of you know, not knowing if I'd be able to find uh, an actor that would be capable of delivering a performance like the way that, that Chris does. But as soon as we found Chris, I mean, Chris had never worked as an actor before. This is his first time he'd ever actually acted in anything. That just blows me um, away. I <laughs> know, uh, and it's like, because it's, I mean, technically he delivers a proper performance, but, but more than that, he emotively sort of, um, uh, what he does with that character, but you can see... Every time you kind of see his character kind of witnessing something or processing something, you really, you can really hear his, his thoughts as he's kind of, um, you know, searching for answers amongst all this really ugly behaviour. Mm. Um, and, you know, the movie, I mean, uh, if, I, if I hadn't have found Chris, I, I'd, I'd hate to think of what the end result would have been like. <laughs> to, to me, he, he actually is the movie. Yeah. Uh, so tell us about, um, about the rest of the casting, because you've worked with a few of these guys before, right? Oh, yeah, a lot of them. But, but then also, I mean, there's probably just as many that I haven't worked with mm-hmm. as the ones that I had. I mean, the, 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 the repeat offender for me on, on a lot of stuff is, that I've, I've done is Damon Harriman. Yeah. Who, um, I have a... Um, look, I love every single person in this cast, but, but I, I kind of... And I've said this before, so I can keep saying it, but Damon Harriman is actually my, my favourite actor. Um, and he has been... I met him, like, 15 years ago, and he's always... Been, he's just a spectacular actor. And, and in terms of... You know what he does with that character. He really runs the gamut of everything with the character of Joseph. He's a he's hilarious. He's kind of you understand him whether or not you kind of condone him. You kind of understand his behaviour, but then you also get to see some incredibly shocking behaviour as well. And Damon pulls every one of those aspects of Jason's character off with you know um, uh, just what makes him such a, a fantastic actor is he knows how to make something real. Um, but look, everyone. I mean, you know, I, I've it's a huge cast in this movie and every single person kind of imbued their characters with the humanity that was needed to kind of weather the, the more dramatic and the comedic aspects of it. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Damon's definitely at the top of my uh, can't-wait-to-interview list anyway. <laughs> um, oh, but he's a, he's, a, he's a bore in real life. He's a good actor. He's, he's actually a really person to have to spend any time with outside of acting. So, you know, I don't, I would, don't, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> Um, uh, I've, I've read a lot of praise for the film. Uh, you know, it seems to be getting some great reviews, uh, but no doubt there's been some criticism out there uh, aimed at the film subject matter. Has there been any uh, criticism that surprised you at all? Um, look, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, to begin with, yes, I, I feel kind of relieved at the reception that, that it's been getting um, and, I, and that people know how to kind of process this, this movie in the way that it was intended. Um yeah, there was there was there was one review in particular um, that stands out because it was a, a, a journalist who kind of I don't know the whole review became about me not attacking Alan Jones, my movie not attacking Alan Jones specifically, and, and he he then kind of he, he even though he seemed to have understood the intent of the movie in, in other areas, he, he wasn't able to get beyond the point that I actually hadn't been pointing a finger specifically at Alan Jones. Um, 
even though that Alan Jones is part of you know the the media and the media's role in it is is definitely kind of uh, brought into question at the beginning of the movie in a number of different ways, yeah. including I hate to say for this guy actually using um, uh, some verbatim uh, sort of dialogue that Alan Jones has said too, which actually plays. So it's actually there, but but at the end of the day, the movie isn't about uh, how the media was involved in the the riots. It's actually about the broader context of you know, um, uh, the issues that, that, you know, the riots were representing and the people that found themselves there on the day, and they found themselves on the, there on the day for a multitude of reasons. So it's um, luckily the reviews have been far outweighed, um, you know, against sort of one person like that and, and what they thought I should have done. But my mood is not a documentary. Yeah. And, and also, um, you know, unfortunately this was someone that was... Um, uh, yeah, I, I'll just leave it at that, actually. Yeah, great. Um, uh, so you've said uh, that the film came about when you found out uh, you were going to be a father and uh, you were concerned about the world you were uh, going to be bringing your child into. Uh, can you elaborate yeah. on that a little more? And uh, uh, do you think that yeah, yeah. Uh, that the film helped uh, with any anxieties that you were having? <laughs> um, so helping with any anxieties that I was having... Uh, Probably, probably not. If anything, I'm looking at the world now, like six years after, sort of sitting down to write this this uh, script and going, "Oh, whoa, what's what's happened?" I, I now long for six years ago when when I felt like we weren't talking about these issues and I felt like we should be talking about them now. I look at these issues and I go, "What's happening everywhere? It's not just here; it's everywhere." It's, um, and look, I mean, yeah, it came out of it was twofold. Uh, my I found that I was going to be a dad, so I realised that I didn't have much time left to write a script. Um, so then it kind of fed into, well, what am I concerned about with bringing a child into the world? And I'm concerned about, you know, he's, he has no choice, but he's going to be inheriting this country and the state that this country is in. Um, and he's going to have nothing to kind of to say uh, about it. And then that led me to the riots, because I looked at all the men that found themselves there on, on that particular day and it seemed like I don't know I just looked at everyone and went okay well where are your parents in all of this because if if you'd have you know had a kind of a good kind of guiding influence from your mother or your father and you got a text message on that day that said get down to the beach and all the horrific things that that those text messages were saying that you I'd hope that you'd look at one of those text messages and go yeah that's probably that's probably not going to end well I think I'll stay at home so you know I it's I'm not so naive in thinking that, you know, by making this movie, I've solved anything. And the intent of this movie was never meant to solve a problem. A movie can't solve a problem. But what a movie can do is is make you look at something in a different way and, and, and maybe consider... Maybe consider your own actions or the actions of you know your quote unquote enemies, um, uh, and try and understand everything mm-hmm. a, a little bit more. And maybe if we all did that, then then what's happening in the world? I don't know. Maybe maybe there'd be less chance of it kind of just kind of bubbling over to the hysteria that seems to engulf us whenever we let it. That's a that's a great answer. Um, uh, everyone remembers where they were and uh, what they were doing when major events happened during their lifetime. Can you remember your whereabouts at the time of uh, the Cronulla riots and uh, and your reaction to it? Yeah, so look, I was living in London at the time. Oh, and, wow, right. um, and, and I was actually, like specifically when it happened, I was actually in Amsterdam 
um, for uh, for a week, staying with some friends over there. So it was it was it was weird to be living overseas at that point and homesick for home, and then seeing this awful thing happen on that day, and seeing it reported through the media overseas as well too. It was it was a very strange and surreal experience. And even though I was homesick, I was looking back at you know what was happening here and going. Oh really? Is that is that is that what I'm part of? Is that is that where I is that where I'm from? Is that where I belong? It was, um, and you know, this is me feeling like that as an Anglo kind of you know Australian. You know, how how is you know any any um, person of you know, uh, you know any kind of different heritage? How would they feel feel about it? So it was, um, yeah, it was a, it was bizarre. It was just really bizarre. Wow. Um, uh, in the in the early two thousands, a uh, my, my, a group of friends and myself uh, came across Ned, um, and it became a, a cult classic within our our group. And and you definitely became one of my favourite uh, Australian filmmakers. Um, as far as uh, feature films go, why so long between drinks? Oh, I mean, look, there's a number of there's a number of things that that uh, that sort of feed into that. One is that. I, I'm always very heartened when I hear what you sort of said about Ned, and Ned seems to be one of those films that people discovered, and 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 I really like that people discovered it, and you know people take ownership. You take ownership of something when you discover it, <laughs> and certainly Ned was one of those films that I made. I, I was obsessed with with you know certain movies when I was sort of growing up as a teenager. Actually, one of them, the best example I can give is um, Trey Barker and Matt Stone's Cannibal the Musical. Right. You know, um, you know, a com- comedy about cannibalism and the musical. Well, that I makes sense. That movie over and, yeah, and there's, there's some references in there to, to that as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and but I, so I, you know, I, I remember discovering that movie and just like worshiping it. I watched it so many times, and I love that people, you know, ultimately it was a, it, it was, you know, when it was released, it was a failure, but ultimately. It kind of has become exactly what Cannibal the Musical was for me when yeah. I, when I was a lot younger. So I'm I'm actually really happy with the with the end result. But look, I um it just took me a little while to kind of I, you know lick my wounds from the terrible experience it was releasing that movie and not having a lot of control over the um the outcome of that movie as well. Really, um, that that's interesting. Really, that's interesting that you say yeah, that. Look, there's a number of look, you could you know we could do a whole conversation based on you know what I'm I learned um, <laughs> through you know the the of that film and look I was 19 years old I was 18 when I wrote it but 19 when we shot it I turned 20 like when we shot it so it was a um, I was just young and and, and, and you know at least the the youthful kind of exuberance and stupidity is kind of you know it does register in that film which I'm, I'm, I'm happy with but but it just took me I think a little while to find my actual voice um, and, and I knew that my voice wasn't making uh, as much as I look back fondly on that film
instead of kind of just setting out to kind of shock people, I'm, I'm kind of more interested in, okay, well, how do I take this anger that I have and feed it into something which says something about this issue and, and tries to get people to have an, an emotional reaction to something that maybe they thought they weren't going to have. So mm. it's actually about more about processing um, those initial kind of uh, emotions that you have and trying to do something that's constructive with them as opposed to just trying to shock people with them. So, so, uh, so Down Under's uh, kind of a, a rebirth for you then in, in a way? Look, definitely. And look, yes, it, it, it feels like that. Um, and, and look, if I never get to make another, an, another film, um, I'm, I'm very happy now that I've, I've had the opportunity to make Down Under and that I'm, I'm really... Uh, I, I feel like you know, in 10, 15 years' time now, I'm going to be very proud of the message of Down Under. Um, and while I look back fondly on, on Ned, I, you know, I, I look at that as representing a particular time of my life, and I'd like to think that Down Under can, even if I don't get to make another film, this, this does actually represent, you know, my, my career and what I want to say, um, you know, with the kind of work that I do. Well, uh, congratulations again on the film. It's it's so good, and uh, hopefully we don't have to wait another thirteen years for another one of your movies. But uh, you know, whatever whatever works for you. <laughs> That's you. That's, thank you. That's incredible. Thank you for the kind words, and I, I really I really appreciate your thoughts uh, behind the movie. So, cheers.